0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have.
1: It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids.
0: See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.
1: Half hour!
0: Hello and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie. And we're here to bring you the casual conversations on the shows, films, and pop music Things that we see, listen to, and consume throughout our careers. Um, today is going to be about pop music. It is October 21st, 2022, and we're going to be talking about the second half of October in this pop space. Actually, kind of like the middle right now, but <clears throat> yes, today we have two, two, big pop albums that are getting dropped today that we have all been anticipating. Well, at least I have. I don't know about how much she has been yeah, anticipating these pop songs oh, or yeah. pop albums, but, I you know, them. I get him on the bandwagon.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: today we are going to start with our artist spotlight on Miss Taylor Swift. She has dropped her album Midnights, finally. And guess what we did last night? We listened to Midnights.
1: At Midnight.
0: At, at Midnight. And it was great. I loved it. It was fun. It was fun doing it because I feel like that's the way that, that this album was supposed to be listened to. But just to give you a little overall on this album, Taylor, this is Taylor's 10th studio album, and it's her follow-up album to her 2020 release of Evermore. Taylor wrote and produced this album with Jack Antonoff, and she has described the album as a concept album of a journey through terrors and sweet dreams and 13 sleepless nights of her life. And I totally bought it. (laughs) I totally did. It was great. I really, really just dove into this album myself and said, okay, it's midnight. This is the way that Taylor wants us to listen to this album, and I'm just going to embrace that. But I want to know first, since I I brought you through this journey with me, Mm -hmm. what were your overall thoughts on this album and the first 13 tracks that Taylor released with Midnight's?
1: So I I always love that there's a concept to what she does and she has an idea behind it. And it's not just putting music out for the sake of putting music out. Um, Ever since 1989 and I'm forgetting the other one. Reputation. Reputation. And then Lover. And then Lover, but since but starting with Lover, okay. I feel like we've gone on a trajectory of calm, moody, edgy, softer, slower. Since Lover, a little half of Lover, mm-hmm. right? And then it kind of went into the COVID times albums, Evermore, and then it, and 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 now I feel like we're still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's nothing to say against the lyric. I always say this about her that I think the strongest thing is her lyric. I think that's. One of her strongest things. But like, if you were to look at this from a musical standpoint, you were to look at BPM and you were to look at like chords and you were to look at it from that. There's not like much changing from album to album. It's guitar. It's piano. It's chill. Everything is a little slower. Everything has a mood and an edge to it. But then we get, but it's almost like then everyone has like vastly different lyric. So she kind of like, gets through that with, like, a new lyric and a new intention and a new idea. Mm-hmm. There was, like, a part of me that was, like, really hoping that this was going to be, like, 1989, like, upbeat. I'm missing a belt. I'm missing an upbeat. I'm missing a happy. I'm missing that. Yeah. And I, I'm i not saying that that needs to come anytime soon. It's hard for me to believe that if she's going to do this big, major stadium tour that we're going to, like, be in this big, huge stadium listening to all these slow songs. Of course, she'll do her old stuff, too. Yeah. Um, But... I, I enjoy this. I've listened to it now just once. It's very new. I, some things are going to have to grow on me. I think Bejeweled is my favorite song so far, maybe because it's got a little bit more of an upbeat edge to it. I saw you bop on your head. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, I just find that this is nice. Uh, it's not my favorite yet. It's definitely not the worst thing I've ever seen her do. Um, to me, I'm going to just be honest, the social media hype and craze over all of it is a little bit of smoke and mirrors for me. It's a little bit of let me lead you along and I'm going to make announcements about things at random days and times you'll never know. And the fans follow it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the craze of like the Beatles when they were so big and like it didn't matter what they were doing, where they were, people ran to buy it, ran to see it. It's the craze. If you have the following, good for you. Mm -hmm. What? It's one of those, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Uh, Right. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. But
1: I but I just to feel like at the root of it, we're still dealing and I just come from a music background. So we're still dealing with like, like I said, the slower energy, the chords that are moving at the same same instrumentation at the same vibe and the soft voice and the soft voice. And now 13 songs here, 13 songs there, 13 songs. We're dealing with now. 20 to 30 to maybe 40 songs on her last three or four albums, all like this or mostly like this, I'm personally getting like a little plateaued on it. Mm. And that's just how I feel. Mm. And I'm really hoping that there's going to be some like bam in your face, splashy. As we're moving forward through life, I thought this would have been a time for that. And if she's still dealing with things with her sleepless nights and things that have been difficult for her, sure. Then you put that out there and you own that. Um, but that's just how I feel. I'm neither here nor there on it yet, anyway. Okay. I don't know if you hear any of that, or you agree or disagree. I'll take it. Okay.
0: <laughs> I, okay, so I think she needs to have a lot of credit where credit is due, always, because I think she's almost achieved more than Beatles status now. She's really, like, the Beatles were the first to do it, but she has really owned what it means to have a fandom that's so loyal to her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And whatever she does, me being one of them, we are going to love it no Mm. matter what. But I am so invested right now in what this story is that she's telling us. And I don't know when she wrote these songs, if they're new, if they're old. Did she write these songs after each album? And she's diving into her catalog of collection of things that she's written over the years. And she's putting them into this cohesive concept album. I just think it works. But I'm also like... I'm a little biased probably in this because I'm a huge Jack Antonoff fan and I'm a huge bleachers fan. And the production on this album alone to me is just so good. The baseline throughout this album is just there. Mm -hmm. It just works. The synth, it just works for me. And then you dive into the lyrics. I sat there as I, we listened to this album last night and I said, let me follow along with the lyrics because I need to know the story that she's telling us. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, I think you just really capture what it means to be this modern singer songwriter today. And we really don't have a lot of those mm-hmm. artists in this industry today mm-hmm. that really can sit down and work with a producer and work with a writing team and just really capture and write her own songs to alone. She has two of the tracks on this album that she wrote solely alone. But then work with other people, too, and you see the influences in there. And I just have to praise it because so many people really like to hate on Taylor Swift and instead not embrace her artistry. And mm-hmm. what, Even if you don't like her, just like embrace it.
1: And <clears throat> there's certainly nothing I'm hating on with her at all. No. I don't think she's a spectacular artist, and she has the potential to really be – already is – one of the greatest um and I and I totally see that and I like to I don't just sit here and play devil's advocate for it I just sit here and I say to be really frank like 13 songs some of those are to me kind of forgettable I, I mean there's a few forgettable songs on evermore I don't and but every album has that you always see a couple songs that are just like and I'm like sitting here and I'm like okay, Wait, that one sounded just like the one two tracks prior. I, I think, right? Isn't it the same key? Maybe is it the it's same? Probably, tempo? but I think that's I don't know. I'm just maybe I'm just so honed in on the music and not as much of the lyric because I do still think her lyrics are her strongest point. That's just where I'm at, and I've only listened to it once.
0: So I'll play devil's advocate <laughs> with you there because I sometimes find when you're watching a cohesive theater piece yeah. or a Broadway <laughs> show and there's an underlining theme happening through that mm, show, mm. do you hate it or do you love it?
1: I love it, but then I also love that I can see someone like Stephen Sondheim write six to seven to eight vastly different shows. And it's not like, oh, here's the fourth Stephen Sondheim show. It's the same thing, you know, or, you know, I, 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 I that's where I'm, I'm if we're going to compare it to theater, then show to show to show, not song to song to song, because you have to look at one album as a show in a way.
0: Right, but you could look at someone like Alan Menken and 10 of his shows sound exactly the same. Maybe,
1: in your opinion, right. But he also writes well, up say... tempos, slow, up yes. tempos, slow. Things for kids, things for adults. things You know, there's a little bit of a diversity. Right. You have I, to almost do that.
0: I do think, though, <laughs> if you look at her whole catalog from what she has started from to where she is now, she is vastly changed. But sure. see, besides Folklore and Evermore being slightly similar because they were both written de- during the pandemic and that they were just what they meant to – they were – They were the albums that she meant to sound like that. You know, it was her alternative take on her music. And it worked. I do think she has stepped away from that, though, when it comes to Midnight's. Yes, it has this more lo-fi, chill BPM style um, around it. But it is different in a way. And I think it takes elements of 1989, I think it takes elements of reputation, I think it takes elements of lover, and it's a nice trajectory of where we think Taylor Swift is going in the future. Because I probably will be bold in saying this, she's probably going to move away from a pop sound in her next album. I don't think we're ever going to get another 1989.
1: Well, I I was just about to say that's my favorite of hers. I still think there's a journey there, there's a message there, there's a story there, and there's a little bit of everything there. And she's got her ups and her downs. Because I look at it as one collective piece, and I say, oh, okay, this all works. There's there's just a little bit of everything there. And I love the lyrics, and I love the videos that go along with the songs, and I just – to me, that just worked really well for her. I think that was a peak for her in a
0: way. Not well, to say
1: she's not going to hit a peak again. But.
0: Well, no, 1989. I think many people will say this. It commercially, <laughs> mm. it is her pop music peak of being pop perfection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Actually, a lot of Taylor Swift fans don't really put 1989 at the top. Mm. Because lyrically, they don't find it to be as good as Mm -hmm. some of her other work. But it hits all of the pop bullet points that it needed to hit in 1989. You know, you have things like Shake It Off and Blank Space and Out of the Woods and Style that just were so big commercially. And you had these amazing music videos and you had this amazing world tour that just worked. (laughs) And then you slowly moved into the direction of Reputation, which also I think on a pop perfection level, it really works.
1: Well, it's it's like when I always say like, you know artists who change throughout their careers. I always admire that when we talk about the Lady Gaga, doing mm-hmm. the slow, doing the fast. Keep changing. And and, and and then we also talk about like how Madonna never changed and always stayed in the pop. And now she's still trying to do it at 60-something years old. So the only thing I would everybody say, does their own thing.
0: Right. With someone like Madonna, in terms of changing, she changes with the pop sound. She's always been pop, but she changes with right, the pop but, sound. Right, but the
1: difference is Taylor Swift can go do a mega, 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 mega tour. And then Taylor Swift can go sit on a stool with a piano and do that.
0: Because she's a singer Just like Gaga can. Yeah,
1: And so when I... But I also think someone like Whitney Houston could have done that. I and mean, If she was still around, she would could have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Does Madonna have the interest to sit on a stool with a piano and sing? No, I mean, I, I don't think people, but people would go see it no matter what because they love her no matter what. Mm-hmm. But I just always think there's a, this could be, di- I always love a pop star with diversity. Yeah. Someone who's changing and ebbing and flowing with the times. I do think Taylor does that very well. I do think Lady Gaga does that very well. I even think Beyonce does that very well. But I also Uh, think it's. Because she doesn't have as much slow stuff, but I do think she can go to the movies and then she can go back to her pop stuff because I love Beyonce.
0: But the three names that you just mentioned Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, these are the pop girls that define the sound of pop music. Mm -hmm. They start the trends. Mm -hmm. Who is jumping on the bandwagon after Taylor Swift now and making pop music like, like this? Who is jumping on the bandwagon of. Beyonce and now making mm. house pop music mm. after this. And who, you know, you just have to look at someone like those three artists because they really are the sound of our pop music mm. right now. They're at the top of the game and they continue to stay at the yeah. top. And who is moving into that space? Well, there
1: you have potential with someone like Lizzo, Dua Lipa. There's, there's people there that are... Doja Cat, Lotto, people who are doing a different energy of terms of the high energy, pop, pop, and, and rap or RB or things like that, really high energy, would any of them turn one day and go to do something slow and lyric? Maybe. And I would look at that and say, good for you. Mm-hmm. I just think that's so cool. Take me on a little bit of a roller coaster with your career in a good way, ups and downs. Now, someone could be listening to this right now and saying, but you like Barbara Streisand, and she does the same thing all the time. I understand she does the same but. But she, and she always did. She did fast stuff in her acting career. You know when she did Dolly, when she did Funny Girl, she did up yeah, of stuff. Yeah, but Barbara and Streisand
0: stuff. followed trends. So when disco was a trend, she made a disco album. You know yeah. when she she made covers. You know of most of her most of her album is a lot of covers. yeah cover stuff. Right. So it's usually kind of just taking something. But that's But as you done. said, you
1: said there's Taylor Swift fans no matter what. Similar with Barbara, Streisand. Barbara Streisand's releasing an album from long, 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 long time ago off of the shelf, dusting it off of the shelf, Mm -hmm. remix, mastering it, and releasing it, and people are flocking, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, very interesting stuff. We could talk about Taylor all episode, but I know we have other things to talk about. (laughs) Well, I still have more to talk about. Okay, 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 okay.
0: (laughs) This overall kind of theme on this podcast is going to be about hype, though, just so everyone knows, and about building hype or not building hype in the pop industry. And I meant to say that earlier, because what Taylor Swift did this time around was she really, really led and played into the whole Easter egg theory game that the Taylor Swift fans love to do. They will make up the most bizarre things just by if Taylor Swift snapped in a music video Mm -hmm. or something like that. You know, so I found it very interesting. So Taylor used platforms like TikTok, she used YouTube Shorts, she used Instagram Reels, you name it. And she created a hype for this album, and she did no promo singles for this, but she did do a lot of merch drops. She dropped her clothing merch line, her product merch line, and of course her vinyl and CD merch line, because why? Vinyl and CDs. I know CDs are back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> there, so you know how like there's a huge vinyl craze. Well, guess what's happening again? Mm-hmm, the CD craze. Mm-hmm, and I, mm-hmm. it's blowing my mind. I kept my CDs, so great. And a
1: little bit of a niche market for cassette tape. I think that's a, a little good bit, but that, that didn't have bit. as
0: much as a yeah, um, yeah. takeoff as what the vinyl and CD market is doing.
1: I, I think. And one really quick comment on that: there's something about having Spotify or Apple Music and knowing that you have everything at the touch of a button. Mm 24-7. There's also something about, I think people like the feeling of ownership. Not that we are, well, in some ways we are a very materialistic world, but some people like to just know that they own the shirt or the album or the hat or the ticket to the car. The shirt. shirt. (laughs) There's something that people maybe miss in that, so you kind of go to this I look at the I like the vinyl strictly because that's like a vintage-y feel for me. If I want to put a vinyl on, I want to sit and relax and put a nice record and hear that crickle, crackle sound on there. Yeah. I, I like that. CD, I don't need to be dealing with skipping. Yeah, I, I spent <laughs> my whole childhood dealing with that. Oh, it's skipping, it's scratch. Blow on, blow the air on it, you know. There is
0: something, though, about the vinyl market, though, that's really working, and I think what people are really respecting and appreciating from artists, though, are people that are putting – a lot of time into the packaging of their albums.
1: Well, it allows people to design yeah. uh, not just an album cover, but an interior and, and colors. And look at the market for Pressing these now, these factories that yeah. so many of them had shut down, maybe are reopening a lot of right them now. To make and
0: them. color vinyl, booklets, artwork. It's giving it back to the artists that they don't just have to post all of their promo materials on social media. Yeah. Yeah. They get to actually put it into something that people are going to have. It has longevity right. now. Right. This Midnight's Error has longevity now. Right. right. But I wanted to kind of ask you, though, like, what do you kind of feel like? And we'll go kind of through each artist here that we're going to talk about today because they all kind of did something differently. But Taylor said, I'm not going to release a single and follow me along with these uh, 13 sleep or these thirteen sleepless nights or whatever uh, for midnight. And every time she kind of released something different. And a lot of it was like track listing and the merch and this. <coughs> Do you think something like that is working for an album like this? Like, was that a great hype Um, Campaign that she made.
1: Yeah, I listen. I kind of go back to my theory on there are no rules anymore, mm-hmm. and I feel like you want to release a single, release a single. You want to release an album and not release a single on it first? Great. You want to do a concert before an album release, as Carly did? We'll talk about that in a second. Sure. Yeah. Uh, do you want to? I don't know. Do you want to use social media? Do you not? Uh, there's. There's just no rules anymore. Mm-hmm. You want to be discovered from a label? Great. You want to be discovered on YouTube? Great. You want to be discovered on American Idol? Great. Like there's no rules anymore. Right. So I kind of don't really have much of an opinion because they all work in a way. Mm-hmm. And so let people do what they want to do with their money and their time if that's where, you know, right. it lays Okay, great. You know, yeah, that's yeah. How
0: I feel. Moving on to the next artist, it is Carly Rae Jepsen yeah. because she also released her album, mm-hmm. The Loneliest Time Today, which uh, this is her sixth studio album, which is her follow-up to her 2019 release, Dedicated. Uh, Carly took a different approach with this album than Taylor Swift did, and she actually released four singles prior to releasing this album today and launched her tour uh, before the album came out. Uh- so, what do you? What are your kind of thoughts about like what Carly's doing here?
1: I think that's cool because for Carly to have not released anything for a while, I I had heard people on social media saying, "Oh my gosh, Carly Rae Jepsen!" I haven't heard that name in a while. Oh, let's go to that concert. Go to the concert. Wow, I forgot I loved all these. Things. Oh, there's the new album. It kind of hit, it's kind of like an interesting mm-hmm. reverse psychology in a way because you think, oh, here's the music, and then we go see it, and it's just backwards now in terms of let's go see her live because we love so many of the songs because they always sing their older stuff at yeah. the songs and. Then, Oh, there's an album coming out. And she even said it in her concert when we went, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm releasing on the same day as Taylor Swift, you know. And then, boom, now it kind of got more people engaged because it moved to the front burner. Yeah. How do you move yourself to the front burner? And you do that by releasing a concert tour maybe before new music. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. And I think it worked for her. I, I, think
0: do. It, I do think it is working. Actually, Some, I, I do think some things are working. And some things I wonder if she should have done differently. Probably for my own good that I wanted but I think it kind of is smart that she left her album on this day as Taylor Swift because she's playing into it like who's going to listen to my album and the people on social media the fans are starting to say okay I'm gonna listen to Taylor Swift and I'm gonna listen to Carly Ray Jepsen both in that same day and it's it's interesting and it's working <laughs> and she just released uh I think it was Last week or two weeks ago, the Loneliest Time single. And it has this bridge in there that's that's going (laughs) extremely viral on TikTok right now. It's probably going viral on Reels, too. I don't even know if going viral on Reels is a thing. But but on TikTok, it is working. And it is refiring this whole Carly Rae fandom in the TikTok world. And I'm loving it because I think Carly Rae deserves everything coming for her with something like this. Because she hasn't really had a mainstream hit since Call Me Maybe. Right. And this is just taking off. Now, some people are saying the bridge really is the best part of that song. I like the whole song. It's this (laughs) disco camp fantasy. And others are saying, oh, you know, the rest of the song kind of doesn't really live up to it. But this is an interesting part on hype because – That section of the song really works for TikTok. And we're starting to get into this this kind of conversation about, like, you have to appreciate the rest of the song, right? Mm -hmm. Or do you not? Are we living in a generation of TikTokers who love 15 seconds of a song, but they might not like the whole thing?
1: Um, You're going to be split on that. I think you're going to have audiences that just want to hear a little bit. I have I know people, especially younger people, who will never listen to a full song on a car ride, on a uh, cleaning their house. Skip the song. And I, I heard that part. Okay, next. When people go to um, weddings or uh, parties, there, it's just some DJs are doing 40 to 60 seconds of a song going on. Um, but then you might have something like, oh, that's cool. Who is that again? Oh, mm-hmm. that's, oh let me go. What's the name of that song? Oh, and, and then go down the rabbit hole a little yeah. bit. So I think it's just going to be depending on a little bit of generation. Because sometimes older people really like to listen to a whole song. Yeah. But then again, you can't you can't say, oh, what about that? But then look at Taylor and say, oh, she released all these songs. We have to listen to them all. You know, some people like that. You know, it just mm-hmm. depends on. Well, I like to appreciate
0: a a full song. What I really loved about hearing The Loneliest Time for the first time was I was already invested. I didn't even know that the section that she put up on TikTok was going to be this this little moment. I had just heard the song and I was like, oh, this is really good. Mm. And yeah. But we did go see Carly Rae live and we saw her at Radio City. Yeah, loved it. Um, But we did see it before this album was released. So it's interesting to me because I really, really would have loved to have heard this song live. And she has added it to the set list because I've seen it being performed at other places. And I'm kind of a little
1: bummed. I'll also say what bummed me a little bit was the the concert was great. But we had saw her at Hammerstein Ballroom a few years prior where we were all standing. Mm -hmm. And it was a really great environment. And with Radio City, I feel like the only things I like to see at Radio City are seated things. So like... Com concerts, slower jazz things, or like Mm -hmm. live theater performances, like the Rockettes, or a com comedian. But to be standing and you're—it's such a huge venue, and you're in chairs, and it wasn't the same vibe for me as Hammerstein. I enjoyed her better at Hammerstein, but she still did a nice job.
0: Yeah, it was great. I she everyone was standing, everyone was having a good time. Yeah, Yeah, it was. She's just a great performer live and her music just really hits yeah. differently mm-hmm. and I think if you have the chance to go see her you definitely should go see her mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to move this conversation a little bit quickly mm-hmm. into one other artist that we did see recently on tour which was Lizzo and we, we did didn't get her. to really talk about this yeah. um, performance yet but I wanted to give like the little one, two, three of like what we thought about this, uh, this show to um, our listeners out there she
1: was wonderful really engaging, really fun, talking to the audience, enjoying her experience up there, her band, her backup dancers, um, living their life, having an amazing time. I We went to see Dua Lipa. She sang all her music and got off the stage and went home. I didn't hear one word out of that woman's (laughs) mouth. And so, like, to me, I am a big fan of, like, just talk to me for three seconds Mm -hmm. in between one or two songs. Carly did a little... But I feel like Lizzo really did. And I, enjoy, I felt like I was really with her the whole time. Yeah. And she just has great music and had a, a little bit of a strong message to it at the same time. And one of the best pop concerts I think I've ever been to was Lizzo. I really think that. One of the best.
0: I could agree with that. <laughs> that was in like top five of my concerts. Yeah. And we, let me say something. We were up in the nose. Yeah. Nose. And I still
1: felt and like we, it was intimate. Uh,
0: we, I felt like Lizzo was holding my hand yeah. through that concert. Yeah, it was great. The positivity that she just brings to the stage. She's a human that yep. can just be comfortable with everyone. Yep. That can sing her songs really great. And she put on a show. Yep. She really owned Madison Square Garden. I mean, the last time I saw her, I saw her do Jingle Ball um, a few years ago, right before the yeah, pandemic like, really, a couple songs. and it was yeah. just a couple of songs, but it was like the first time I really got to see her live. And actually I, I kind of like step on my foot sometimes. Cause we had the chance to go see her at terminal five oh,
1: yeah, after gonna...
0: we had seen Betty who, yeah. and like, I like knew Lizzo then, but I was like, uh... You know, am I going to go see her yet? No, I don't know. I I need to hear a little bit more. And I just wish, like, you know, as soon as an artist kind of moves into, like, arena territory, it's like, oh, okay. You know, that intimacy is gone from being with an artist. But I will say Lizzo still owned the intimacy of capturing everyone in. And not every artist can really do that. And someone like Lizzo can do that. And someone like Taylor Swift can do that. Even being at something like MetLife Stadium. She really brings you in if you're in that last row of the stadium. So, when an artist can do that, I really have to applaud it. Yeah. So... Uh, if you can, Lizzo is still on tour. So if she's yeah. coming to your town, go yeah. check her out. Totally. I, I also saw Jesse Weir and let oh, me yeah, tell you not, something. Did. You did not <laughs> see it, but let me tell you something. That was gay heaven <laughs> at Jesse Weir. Okay. <laughs> because it was a sea full of men. I thought I walked into a gay bar <laughs> and she put on a
1: show. Oh, that's this great. was my
0: first time seeing Jesse Weir. And let me say 10 out of 10. I had a great time. She could sing. I almost felt like I was at like a, a cabaret.
1: Oh, that's cool. And, She's great.
0: You know, she just really—I I know you wanted to come, but you had to work. I know, but, Edward, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, for yourself. Yeah, yeah, I love that song. <laughs> it, it
1: was great. Nice, but, good, good, good.
0: So nice. oh. Oh wow!
1: We are almost out of time. We're flying by here.
0: Okay. I need like two hours I today. Know, I know.
1: A lot <laughs> I need, more, a lot I need more two hours
0: today to talk about. We are a little behind on our pop. So when I got my pop time, I get yeah. to talk about yes. it today. So yes. anyway, it was just super excited. But I did pick five songs for Bopper flop for Richie over like the last three weeks of music coming out, and we have some of our pop names up here, and we're gonna start with Megan Trainer. And she has a single out, Made You Look. Not
1: into it. (laughs) I'm going to look into the camera here and say, Megan Trainor, hi. Uh, Because if you're listening, we also do video footage for this too. All of your songs sound the same. And I'm getting a little tired of it. I'm sorry. Every song that comes out... I love it because I love 60s Bob, And I think she has a good voice. Please change it up a little, a little bit. Yeah. Give us something else. The um, All About That Bass is a great song. But like I don't know. All these songs sound the same. Mm. The same rhythm. The same tempo. The same 60s duop vibe. Girl, you're so talented. Come on. I was not into it. Sorry. Nope.
0: And I'm going to also phrase this as all of these songs that I'm about to say are having viral moments on
1: TikTok. Mm, so mm, that's mm, why I'm bringing them yep, up yep.
0: and people doing things. So – that song going viral on TikTok right now and yeah Great. um it's it's on the fence for me yep anyway. Lu, or Tovlo, however you like to say her name, she had released Grapefruit.
1: Yeah, this is nice. It's a bop. I'm not obsessed with it, but I would put it on bop. It's definitely growing on me and I feel like it's got a good potential.
0: Yes, yep, she like released it. her album last week, <laughs> yeah. so it was great we yeah. listened to it uh, and we're going to see her live. We are in
1: the winter time, I believe. Yes, yeah.
0: in February. <clears throat> yeah. Uh Betty Who, I can be your man.
1: Love it. Very catchy. I, I it's grown on me pretty quick. I mm. really like her. I think she does some good stuff and I really like it.
0: Yeah, I love Betty yeah. Who. Bob, I mean, I already think almost all of these songs are bops so you don't need to hear my opinion (laughs) we're gonna go back a little bit to sam smith uh kim petrus
1: unholy unholy love it i really like the remixes of it and how people are using the song on social media more than just listening to the song if that makes sense i like these like it's just really an edgy, fun song, and I think it's great, and I think it's awesome. I really like it. Yeah. yeah. This,
0: I mean, this was one of the ones I did want to bring up because it was a huge hype factor on TikTok. Yeah. They hyped it up so yeah. much that it went number one. Yeah. No, it's great. So yeah. it just worked there. Yeah. Some people were a little tired of it, yeah. but it is having that mainstream crossover, and great thing for Kim Petras. Get your name out
1: there. Yeah, for sure.
0: And lastly, we're rounding this out with Shania Twain's Waking Up Dreaming. You know,
1: I was just getting in the mode of mentally preparing myself <laughs> for Shania Twain to be Mrs. Potts in Beauty and the Beast Live, and I'm, like, trying to, like, get my Angela Lansbury mixed with Shania Twain brain, right? And then she releases this, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I mean, I love all of what she does. I know she's got a little bit of a problematic past, and I, I just, I, we've met her before, yeah. and so... uh I just... And I, I loved her last concert we saw her and I kind of grew up as a kid loving her. And so... I like this. I just now have to go back to like Taylor's all this time and like get ready for that because if y'all don't know that, she's playing Mrs. Spots of Beauty Life and I'm like not, not seeing it yet in my brain. I got to really see mm-hmm. it because I think of like 80-year-old woman when I hear that song and that's a iconic song from that show. So we'll see. But yeah, I like, I don't know. She's doing I mean, She's doing whatever she's got to do right now. So yeah. okay, I like this song, leading
0: Up to. Well, Imagine. she better do Angela Lansbury justice. Oh, well, all right. <S-P. S-P>. she rest in peace. We haven't
1: talked about that yeah. um, yet. Maybe we'll talk about that on our next podcast. P- Probably
0: an mm-hmm. episode, but yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, well That's this was said, fun we're out today we're time we're all the time oh my gosh thank you all Listen, for listening yeah, we're definitely <laughs> over time today thank you all for listening uh, we had a great time speaking about Miss Taylor Swift today I did at least
1: and, yes I did too I love
0: it um, and yeah so we want to hear your thoughts on all of the things pop that we talked about today so head on over to at half hour podcast on our Instagram on our TikTok and let us know what you think leave us a review if you like this episode but only if you liked it mm-hmm. and yeah we'll see you next Next week when we have more more things. More Broadway,
1: more pop. So busy this time of year. We love it.
0: So we're going to be signing off for now. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie. Saying goodbye. ta da